For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 180 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And it's our last show before Christmas. Our last show, our last show before Christmas Day. Yeah, I guess we only got one more before the, uh, the end of the year. Wrapping up another fucking year of being goofy talking about Star Wars. Um... Also, a momentous day today was the delivery of all the toys for the Castle Toy Run. Got some pictures of Brandon, or from Brandon, of all the toys set up, ready for some some excited kids and stuff. Um, yeah, man. So I want to take a moment to thank everybody that sent in items to the Castle Toy Run, and thanks to everybody that purchased our Blue Harvest Holiday Special. Um, Went really well again this year, so by all indications, we'll be doing it again next year, guys. So look forward to that. Um, and thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> we've got uh, not a lot of ton of news this week. It's definitely, you know, sort of a, a time when not a lot comes out. A little bit of Mandalorian announcement stuff. Uh, an interesting article about our buddy Uncle George. A return possible return premiere date for Star Wars Resistance, and then after emails, gonna have another little uh, light spoiler discussion for you guys. So, <coughs> and of course, we hear from our wonderful moisture farmers. Uh, how you been this week, buddy? I've been all right. I've been baking, baking my face off. Oh, really? Getting ready for the holidays? Yep, yep, that's exactly right. What you been just, baking? Just feeling the need, baking Christmas cookies and decorating them and uh, baking pies, like a lemon icebox pie and a Ooh. chocolate mousse pie, Ooh. cherry lemon cream pie. Ooh. You know what? Uh, Jesse and I had golden rule um, barbecue a couple of weeks ago now. And man, 
That golden rule pie, man. Mm, was it good? Yeah, man. Really good. Um, all right on. Doing a little Christmas bacon, getting ready for the holidays. What would you know? Chef Will's chefing it up. You got any... Uh, Who would have thunk? Special dishes in mind for Christmas itself? What's the plan? Are you doing Christmas dinner cooking, or are you going to a family? No, thing? I'll be going to different family functions. I've never really had the opportunity to present a Christmas feast. One, One of the things days. I will do at the home, though, uh, things I like to do, is take phyllo pastry. Uh-huh. You know, the packages, the little pastry cups. Uh-huh. Take a mixture, a pack of the uh, Oscar Mayer bacon recipe pieces. And then you take, I think it's like a cup of mayonnaise and then a cup of uh, grated Colby Jack cheese. No, Monterey Jack cheese. And then a can of Rotel that's been strained. with The, the juice has been strained off. Then you add the Rotel. And then you stir all that up together and you put it in those phyllo cups and you bake that at 350 for like, or 325 for like 15 minutes. Oh man, so like a little it's like these cheesy. bacon cheesy Rotel cups mm. and little phyllo pastry. That sounds pretty good. It's, yeah, it's great. <clears throat> um, well, right on, my dude. Well, it sounds like uh, you've had your, you've had your hands busy. I got like, my bake on. Yeah, it was, man. The great Witten Bake Off around here. <laughs> Do you watch baking shows while you bake? No, no. I listen to Christmas music while I bake. Mm. What's your... So, we've talked about it before. I love Christmas. Like, I like the, the season. I like the cold weather. I like right, yes. picking out the perfect gift for friends and family. Like, I like all of that stuff. Seeing yes, family. Yes. Not a huge Christmas music guy. Yeah. Okay. What is... Like, give me your top, right here, off the cuff, top three Christmas jams. We'll do albums. Okay, uh, albums. Okay, okay. Um, uh, the Amy Grant Christmas album that starts off with Tender Tennessee Christmas. Okay. That whole album is killer. All of Amy Grant's Christmas albums are killer. Don't know why. I got a special heart on for Amy Grant Christmas music. Um, next second album is Mannheim Steamroller. Uh, I guess because I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, and I dig my Christmas music with a little bit of uh, I don't know, a synth- synthesizer. Uh huh. And then uh, Bing Crosby. And some would say Nat King Cole, and I, I w- you know, if I had four, I would include that. But Bing okay. Crosby greatest hits. Something about the way Bing Crosby sings the Christmas stuff is... So, is Amy Grant the lady that is married to that country singer Vince Gill? I believe so. I don't know if they're still married, but I believe so. If she is, she is my grandmother's mortal enemy. Have you have oh, I ever yeah. told you about this? Oh, I'm pretty sure I know why, because I believe the two of them were each married. <laughs> and then they went on tour with each other sometime in the early 90s. And then they ended up leaving each of their individual spouses to get to with each other. No, okay, so that's not, I believe that's the story. I could this is that's I not, guess I could be spreading false information. Why my grandmother dislikes Amy Grant? She dislikes Amy Grant solely because he's married to Vince Gill. And my oh, grandmother she wished she was married to Vince. She Gill? has the biggest crush on goofy ass Vince Gill, dude. Like, no woman would ever be a good enough for him. Exactly. And like there is this 
I guess, fairly well-known sort of golf course in Columbus, Mississippi, where my family lives, called Waverly. And they have these big charity tournaments there. And one year, Vince Gill was a golfer, like, participating. And my grandmother made my mom take her so they could stalk Vince Gill while he played golf. Oh, wow. And eventually, my grandmother got a picture with Vince Gill, right? And so, you know, my grandmother's probably, she's 80 now, so she was probably mid-60s, crest in 70 when this happened, right? Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's been longer than that, because I was still living in Mississippi. So, yeah, she's in her 60s, at least, right? Right. And she goes up, the story, I wasn't there, but the story goes, she walks up to Vince Gill, and she's speechless. If you've ever met my grandmother, that is a rare occasion, Right. Right. And she's speechless. And she, he's like, well, it's very nice to meet you, Miss Ellen. He's being all polite and stuff. And she just right. keeps saying, oh, I love you, sweetheart. I love you. I love you so much. And and he's like, that's very nice. And my mom goes, can she get a picture with you? And my grandmother says, I'm going to grab his butt in the picture. Oh, my goodness. Because she, she keeps telling our family, like, leading up to this oh i'm gonna get a picture with him and i'm gonna grab his butt and we're like that's not a good idea everybody's laughing it off like ha 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 no, no you're not. we know my grandmother and we're like she's gonna do that shit and you're like don't do that <clears throat> and we're like don't do that well she says that and he laughs and he says well you just go right on go right along miss ellen or whatever right so there's a picture in my grandmother's house of her and vince gill and my grandmother is smiling like she just won the lottery. And Vince, she's got a handful of Vince Gill butt, doesn't she? She does. And Vince Gill has a look on his face like, can we get this shit over ASAP? This 60-year-old lady has got a full hand in my ass right now. Tell me she that. had one finger looking for her. She has a Christmas tree ornament that is like a pink felt heart, right? And it's got gold glitter around the the outline of the heart. And right Right. in the middle, a picture of Vince Gill. My sister made that for her. Anyways, before we get to start and talking about Star Wars, let's do a little bit of business. And not the grabbing Vince Gill's ass kind of business. Not that business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. We have a Patreon page where every Monday we post brand new, special, additional bonus Blue Harvest content. We've got a variety of shows, Jaws, Cooking with Will, newest episode up this past Monday. Uh, oh No, It's Hall Solo, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steele. Um, Blue Harvest Adventures, where we're playing the West End Games Star Wars role-playing game. It's a blast. And we got new shows coming after the new year. So that's the kind of thing that interests you guys. You want more of this Blue Harvest business. Check out patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. (laughs) And we are so happy to be the Dave Mustaine of the podcast network that is Metallica. 
Do you know what that means, Will? Do you know um, who Dave Mustaine is? Uh, no. I know who Lars Ulrich is. My name is Lars. Um, Dave Mustaine famously is the uh, frontman of Megadeth. However, he was at one time in Metallica. He uh, was the lead guitarist before Kirk Hammett stepped in. Uh, he, you know, helped start the band. He wrote yeah. all of the music with them on Kill 'Em All, their first album. Shortly before recording that album, they kicked him out of the band for drinking too much. Oh. And then he was replaced by Kirk Hammett. Now, the irony of this is later Metallica would become known like among their fans and their friends as Alcoholica because of how much they drink. But anyways, we are the, the Dave Mustaine and the rest of the network is the band that is Metallica. Metallica. <clears throat> Honestly, this that's a better comparison than I normally give for us because I like Megadeth too. Anyways, uh, other podcasts such as Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. <coughs> well, we got that right out of the way now, didn't we? Yeah, we did. All right. You want to talk about some Star Wars or you got some other stuff? I think... Uh... What was it we were talking about before that we were going to... Was it movies? Oh, yeah. You had a question about Aladdin. Oh, yeah. I didn't understand what all the negative buzz was about the way Will Smith was looking. I mean, as far as I could tell, it was just like a goatee and a a top knot, and he was pretty much bald other than that. Yeah, it looks like... um, But, I mean, I thought that was what the genie looked like. Like, I thought that was... Well... I think par what the what the blue genie looked like. Well, see, this is the thing. This is what confused me about the whole thing. Is like I'm pretty sure in the article that accompanied those pictures. I think I believe it was Entertainment Weekly. Um, they say that that's not his final look in the movie. That's not uh-huh. completed yet. So, I'm like, chill out, guys. You haven't even seen what he looks like in at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like. At the are end you of upset the that he's not blue or something? I think so. I think that's what it comes oh. down to. Well, I mean, um, the all right. The but, I mean, there's a point in the story, even in Aladdin, where when Prince Ali Ababa comes into town, the genie has to look like a real person. Oh yeah, you that's know? right, like isn't he, it? Like when the genie is in front of other people, he has to pass as a, a regular person. He can't be blue if there's other people around. Um, okay. Fabulous, he, Ali Ababa. I didn't think about that. I, you are right. It's been a while since I've seen Aladdin. Um, one of my favorite Disney movies, though. Uh, I like Raja, uh, surprisingly enough. You want to hear something else that's funny about th- that people freaked out about? I'm a little scatterbrained tonight. Um Speaking of characters that are blue, did you see the freak out about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie poster? Uh, no. How he was just a little buff or something? Uh, yeah. His, his arms weren't spaghetti. No, you know, his arms his and legs. legs weren't. Yeah. Like, people were flipping out that his legs were, like, 
pretty buff. Like I saw, it, I was well, like, I mean, yeah. if you're if you your power is the super speed, I mean, if they're gonna do a whole movie about you, you would think you would have buff legs. Unless you're gonna, you know, to bring a movie, I don't know. For me to bring it to a movie level, if you want to do spaghetti leg Sonic for a whole movie, I mean, you better you better cash in on the Pokemon crowd and get a bunch of twelve to, you know, thirteen year olds in there. If you want to make a Sonic the Hedgehog movie that's going to appeal to a larger people, he's probably going to have leg muscles. Right. I don't know. That's just my. Right. My uh, my approach. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was an interesting couple of weeks for people freaking out about blue characters. I just thought that was kind of... And the, the Where thing are about, the Na'vi <laughs> where when you need someone to freak out about a blue character? The thing about it is, is like, don't freak out too bad. For one, you haven't even seen all of Sonic, what he looks like. Like, the poster is literally, he's in shadow except for his very buff furry legs. Like, they're definitely furry. Um, and they're definitely buff. And the same thing with uh, the Aladdin thing. Like, it's out there that that's not the final look for the movie, so I don't know, man. You know, got to freak out about something online, I guess. Got to, got to. Oh, you want to know what I freaked out about online? What did you? In forget? a good way. In a good What's way. It? I didn't throw a fit. I have found my next collect <laughs> collection that I'm going to build. What's that? There's this series of Japanese model kits. They're tiny. Right, and they're called Nico. I'm gonna say this wrong, so I apologize. Niku Basso, B A S O U, right? And they're little cats in mechs. Like you build these little mechs, and they have little cat pilots in them. Okay, dude. (laughs) All right, all right. I'm seeing that you're maybe not as impressed. No, no, mix with cat pilots. I'm, I'm, I follow. I follow. I didn't mean to sound incredulous earlier. Right, right. Um, I'm trying to to find the picture that I saved so I can send it. I saw him and I was like, oh, that is two things I love: cats, cats and mix, cats and, together. I'm going to buy that. Cats and mix, mix and cats. Everybody loves a cat and a mech. Um. I just sent you a picture of them. Another thing is, is they have oh my like God. exact cat replicas of our cats. Okay. That's not okay. Oh my God! It's just I mean it is okay, but there's just something wrong about it on some level. I don't agree. I think it's awesome. Ugh. I love everything about it. I wouldn't pet that cat. Well, I w- maybe he's defending you. Maybe instead of a guard dog, you got a dog guard cat, and he's in a badass mech with missiles and. That is one hell of a guard cat. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody coming and fucking with your house. I mean, shit. <clears throat> You'd need RoboCop to get past that cat. <laughs> um, you want to talk about some uh, Star Wars? You want to move on from cats and mechs? Yes, I do. Uh, okay. I know. Haunted at the moment. So, we got some uh, pretty interesting big news about the um, composer for The Mandalorian this week. Uh, yeah, it's going to be the guy that 
you finish because I just blanked. Yes. I can't remember his previous credit. I'm trying to pull up his name right now so I don't mispronounce it, even though I'm going to. Uh, even looking at it, I know I'm not going to do a great job pronouncing it. But uh, he's the guy who score, did the score for Black Panther. He That's did right. the score for uh, the Creed movies. He did... Um, what else did he do? He did some work on... Um, community and he's also worked with Childish Gambino um, Donald Glover so he's got quite the resume already um, right and they announced this week that he is going to be um, the composer for the Mandalorian he is, his name is Lud Lud <clears throat> Lud oh man I Literally didn't. I should have practiced this shit. Ludwig, Ludwig, Gorenson. Ludwig. Ludwig Gorenson. Hey man, does he have some flowing hair, man? I just saw the picture of him. He had some killer hair going on. He was rocking a pretty cool jacket that mm-hmm. had like like beehive octagonal pattern on it when I saw him. Yeah, one of those kind of jackets that like. You see someone else, and you're like, "Damn, they pull that off!" And you're like, I "It's like, oh, you it. must be an artist." Yeah, I could oh, pull you're, that. You're off. wearing a jacket that means you must be super creative. For me, it'd be all like, "Fat guy in a little coat." You know, don't make a, a coat like that in my, this size. They're like, "You see this pattern? Did you, we don't make that in this size." It was like <laughs> me coming with like one red streak down my hair. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I tried to do the. My workout, my, uh, my, what is it? What, what kind of coach is that? What is it? Oh, my, uh, your yoga instructor? No, like your charm school coach. What is it? It's not a hookup coach. Yeah, hookup artist. My hookup artist coach says I need to stand out. Oh, I need flair. There is maybe nothing slimier or creepier than Than a a hookup hookup artist. artist. My lord. Um, Oh, that reminds me this one time in college, right? We had, uh, it was actually the guy I'm trying not to get too specific. It's the guy who you replaced in the house in Starkville. You right. moved in and took someone's place after he moved out. Yeah. And he got, um, a package in the mail, right? And it was not addressed to anybody. It had our address and it had no delivery name on it. And we're like, that's weird. I wonder what this is. And I opened up the box and it was self-help CDs. But they were from like a hookup artist type of guy. So it was like self-help CDs on how to pick up ladies. And I was like, well, <laughs> this is not for me. So I just left it on the island, you know, the the countertop island that we had there. Right. And he came home from class or work or wherever and was like, who opened my fucking package? Oh, shit. And we explained to him, like, dude, it did not have a delivery name on it, so it's not like we saw, oh, this is for you and we're going to open He was so embarrassed, and I get it, but he's also the one that ordered some fucking cheesy self-help CDs about how to pick up ladies. And I wanted to listen to one so bad just to see how bad it was, but, like, there was no broaching that subject. After he got caught. So yeah, the Mandalorian has 
a composer. thought that was pretty neat. Um, I'm not super familiar with the score to the Black Panther. From what I remember, I enjoy, enjoy it, but it's not like I can remember any specific sequence or piece of music. Um, same thing goes with Creed or Community or anything like that. But like I said, you can't knock the, the resume. So they're putting together a fucking team. It's like, um, um, it's like in, uh, in solo putting together a crew. Right. And this crew is pretty fucking badass, man. All right. Um, so, you know, last week we were talking about the last episode of resistance for the year. And we were wondering, like, oh, I wanna, wonder when it's going to come back. And we're kind of speculating and stuff based on uh, the previous returns of Rebels and stuff when they would take their mid-season finale break. And, uh, well, thanks to some internet sleuths, I saw it floating around on Twitter, and then our buddy Steve D hit me up about it. And apparently it will be returning January 13th with an episode called Bebo. Okay. So, you know, nothing huge to talk about. That's a little sooner than I was expecting. <clears throat> and I'm pretty stoked because I didn't have an episode of Resistance to watch this week. And it kind of bummed me out. Right. Sounds like fun. Yeah. So it looks like episode 12, which should be coming on January 13th, will be called Bebo. And then episode 13 on January 20th will be Dangerous Business. <coughs> which... We know a little bit about that dangerous business around these parts. It's the best kind. Ugh. Around these parts. Still kind of talking like a cowboy, even though I beat Red Dead. That's the triumph if you beat Red Dead. I did, dude. I'm not going to lie. Towards the end, I was like, I'm ready for this to be over. It wasn't that the game wasn't excellent or that the story wasn't excellent or anything. It was just... You know, by the time I finished that game, I think I put 130 hours into the the single-player campaign, right? Yeah. And, like, I was ready to move on to just a different type of game. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything because I know you haven't beaten it, and I know there's plenty of people that haven't out there. But there's definitely, towards the end, what I felt was, like, maybe a little padding that was just there to make it run even longer. And when... When you're trying to just get something finished so you can move on, take a little break from something, you know? Right. Because I still want to go, go and dive into the online. It's just I need a little bit of a Red Dead break. <clears throat> and might I add, 130 hours, and that's 100% story completion, something like 89% overall completion. So it's Which not, is a lot because I have nowhere near that. Right, which means there is... A ton of shit I still have to do in that game. So, what the fuck? Talk about getting your $60 worth, though, out of a yeah, game. Yeah, right? I totally agree. Um, yeah, man. It was it was an overall very enjoyable experience, but towards the end, I... I you know what it is? I, I probably shouldn't have done as much fucking around as I did. Like, towards the end, I was only concentrating on story and stuff. Right. You know, just to get it done. 
But uh, had you done so much in the the rest of the world, you were just tired of messing around in that world. Well, it was it was that, and it was like I'm tired of like, okay, I got to run, go from here to here, and that's gonna take fifteen twenty minutes to run from this side of the map to the other. You know what I mean? And like, at some point, I just wanted to do, and like certain aspects started to frustrate me, just because of how long it's like there's no such thing as sitting down with red dead for like an hour you know what i mean if you're gonna play red dead you should have like i would say minimum two hours to sink into it you know because if you got an hour you're gonna get nothing done yeah you're not gonna get much done yeah it's definitely not like a casually pick up and just play a little bit type game all right. I mean, that's mainly the reason I haven't played it lately is because... You've been so busy. Well, I just really haven't had the time to set mm-hmm. aside and sit down and do it, honestly. Yeah, I bet you will once uh, once the holidays pass. I'm sure I will. Um, okay. So we got one other piece of news for the week, and it's not even like... <laughs> I just thought this was interesting. So Forbes released a list this, this week of the world's richest celebrities and guess who number one was Mm, Jeff Bezos no Uncle George Uncle George I don't think Jeff Bezos obviously Jeff Bezos has more money than Uncle George right he's like on track to become a trillionaire but he's not a celebrity I think that's they're not counting him as a celebrity I think if they were going to do a list of richest entrepreneurs or businessmen obviously he'd make this but just celebrities uncle george number one with a net worth of 5.4 billion oh wow following in at second place steven spielberg with 3.7 third place oprah with 2.8 and michael jordan with 1.7 actually that's all really impressive to be honest and in this article I'm reading, he's apparently um, richer than tech titans Evan Spiegel. I'm not sure who, what he is associated with, and Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey is, I believe, the creator of Twitter. Okay. So, old Uncle George not doing too bad for himself. And that's after giving away a big chunk for... um. Oh, I guess Evan Spiegel is the creator of Snapchat. <clears throat> that's after giving away a bunch of money. I was gonna say I thought he sold that to Facebook, Snapchat. Maybe that's why he's so expensive. Why he's so rich is because he sold that shit to Facebook. Maybe. I don't know. The old old Zucky face bought it from man. Oh, Marky Zucks. That's one dude. If you know, I, I am not one of those guys that believes in like reptile people. You know what I mean? I'm not talking like Bosk. If I'm there's talking, anybody that breathes through their eyelids, it's Mark Zuckerberg. There's something. I wonder if there was back in the day when they started Facebook, Mark Zuck, Zuckerberg was like a a flesh and blood human boy and then something happened I'm a to real him. Boy. Something happened to him and he like transferred his his consciousness into an android or something cuz there's something unhuman about that guy. Well, I mean, he's just whole... a little off. His whole origin story pretty much explains it, to be honest. Somebody's been watching the social network. 
Well, I mean, just being being the socially outcast kid that no, thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Yeah, I've known a few of those in my life. None Created of them turned a out to be a Zuck. Ranking people <laughs> based on appearance. Yeah, man. You, there's there's a, a quite like it's very easy to go on YouTube and find like awkward videos of Mark Zuckerberg and like appropriated Winklevoss ideas. <laughs> Speaking, speaking foreign to me. I I never saw the Social Network. I don't. If you were like, give me a biography on Mark Zuckerberg right now, I'd be like, uh, he went to college. He made Facebook. He's a lizard person. He ch- he chills out on a heated rock at night to keep his cold cold blood circulating. Um, and uh, he has a nest made up of pine needles and leaves and if you get too close he'll attack out of self-defense yeah yeah for him and his young all right you want to do some emails and stuff before we have a little bit of light mandalorian spoiler discussion let's all right we're going to do emails and then we'll give you guys plenty of warning before we get to the spoilers if you're not interested in that sort of thing Kia D, Kia D, Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D, Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D, Cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead, Ruhurt, Cockhead, Hansberger, Cockhead, Will Witt, Cockhead, Goose Paint, Cockhead, G Money, Cockhead, King Tom, Cockhead, Joe, Cockhead, Key and D, Cockhead, Cockhead. All right, buddy, we're going to start off with a voicemail. If you had to guess who our first voicemail is from, who would it be? Um, survey says King of All Toms. The King of All Toms. Ding, 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 ding. Hey there, Haas and Will. I've been thinking a lot about stormtroopers lately, and I got a question for you guys that's actually one of the oldest Star Wars-related questions that's been kicking around my brain, but I don't ever think I've asked anyone this. So think about the original trilogy, the classic Stormtrooper, and then on their back, they have a little box, and then there there are some symbols. It looks like an O and two lines. Have you guys ever thought about that, wondered what it was, or come up with a story about it in your head? Because I just, I, I had been fixated on that from a very young age. And I think, you know, seeing it in movies or my action figures or in books, at some point after I was able to read, I used to think that the O-I, I was actually O-I-L, and it was where they put their oil for fuel <laughs> or to power their uniforms or something stupid like that. Uh, but, you know, every now and then I think about this, and I see the back of a stormtrooper, and, you know, instead of looking at the S, I look at the O-I-I, and I wonder what it is. And I wonder if anyone out there has anything 
similar or any other stories that they think about it. And, you know, I, I have to tell you, it's one of my favorite little design things in Star Wars because there were similar markings on the back of the clone trooper suits. And I, I even, you know, in, in that one scene when Obi-Wan is visiting Kamino, they show the little clones and the one is at the desk punching things and he has like a patch on his arm that it's like an I.L., and I always used to think that that went along with it. But then the First Order Stormtroopers also have something like that on their backs. So, I don't know, so, someone else out there maybe appreciates it like I do. Anyway, that's all that's on my mind this week. I hope you two um, get everything you want for Christmas and anything else, Festivus, anything else you guys celebrate. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Oh, my goodness. King Tom saying when he was a kid that he thought, it said oil, and that's where like they fueled up. That's funny. That is classic. That is classic. I love that. It really is. <clears throat> yeah, I, I always, I always thought that. it was just a backpack. Like yeah. I thought, like maybe if you took the piece of plastic armor off, like underneath was mm, rations or emergency water, or backup, you know, ammunition cells, or I don't know, a compass or. I just thought there was kit in there, basically. Well, you know, they also have that thing that's kind of like a, a backwards fanny pack, too. That's like a cylinder, you know what I mean? Well, but it's I like thought a... they had Batman utility belts. You know, I always thought that Stormtroopers had utility belts. Well, they definitely have a belt of some sort because, like, doesn't Luke wear one after they get out of Yeah, Luke and Han compar- both, I'm pretty sure. Out of the trash compactor? Um but I always thought that those like cylindrical things at their back, like down towards their waist, I always thought that helped oh. snacks. Yeah, because like, it looks like one of those things snacks. that goes under a St. Bernard's. Exactly. Yeah. They got a little cocktail. It's a cocktail <laughs> to go. Shake it up as you run. It's a sodi. It's it's like a, a monster energy drink. Like long shifts on the Death Star, you might need a, like a, a pick-me-up. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if this is one of those things, like, if, if we got a listener that's, like, a 501st approved Stormtrooper. It, like, clearly, like, all that stuff, all those little pieces of the costume have names, like, and, and like, terminology. But I wonder what that back piece is. Do they just call it a backplate? Or are they like, no, that's the backpack. That's the, um, you know, whatever the hell it is. I'm trying to think if there's anything... Similar. It's the defibrillator framgelam, you idiot. No shit. <laughs> it, it, I'm trying to think if there is anything similar to that that, like, when I was a kid, I thought about Star Wars. Um, Let's see. I'm sure there is. Give me a second. Um, Okay, uh, the little mouse droids that run around that uh-huh. are scared of Chewbacca. Uh-huh. I thought I thought they were like trash droids. Like I thought they drove around and like pick up people's trash and stuff. I, think... I don't know why I thought that. There's no reason that I have to believe that. So you kind of that thought might they be were message droids, but I just thought they were like cleanup droids. I think they are supposed to be sort of messenger droids, but so you basically thought they were a Roomba. Yeah, I thought they were Roombas before Roombas were even a thing. Yeah. You should have gotten that to market man we'd be talking Uh, about you on that list with evan spiegel and the zuck i know i'm trying to think there's got to be something if i think about it hard enough that um oh okay 
I thought when I was a kid, I thought Jawas were children, meaning okay, not like the young version. I thought they were just kids, like human kids that live together in like a big pack of like orphaned human kids. Yeah. I don't know why. Like I didn't, and, and like I understood the concept of there being all kinds of different alien species in Star Wars. I also thought the chess plate on Darth Vader was a remote control. Like I thought like the emperor could go up and take that thing off and, and like remotely control Darth Vader. I, okay. Here's, here's one for you. Okay. I used to think that, you know, because there's the scene where Luke does the trench run, right? Uh-huh. And then he fires the torpedoes at the uh, the exhaust port, and they go, and then they kind of sink downwards. Like, the animation uh-huh. of right. the torpedoes kind of has them, like, going down, downward into the hole. And I always, I, when I was real young... I always thought that Obi-Wan was telling him to use the force. And that was the, I thought that was the only way he was successful was that he had to fire those torpedoes and then use the force to like slam dunk them into the hole. Like I thought that was Luke using the force. (laughs) He was pulling a Kobe on that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Luke was using the force to slam dunk those torpedoes into the shaft. And that's why everybody else had missed. It was only later uh, that I realized that that was just kind of how George shot it. And, you know, you know, uh, who knows, man, maybe that I never. What if that is what it's supposed to be? I doubt I seriously doubt it. But that's how my child self. I don't know, man. You know, I think I could be watched... convinced that that's the case. I'm not even convinced it is, but that's a. I distinctly remember that as a child. <laughs> well, that's one of those things. And I used to think that anybody could catch blaster bolts, you know, because when Darth Vader caught him, I was like, oh, Obi-Wan could do that. Or, oh, you know, Yoda could do that if you really wanted to. Well, later we did see that Yoda could catch fucking lightning. Yeah, Yoda caught lightning and threw it back. All right, next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy Jim. Jim. Hawes. Crusher. Uh, Yeah, Mr. Crusher. Um. I wanted to apologize for getting pepped up on my last voicemail. Um, I said, fans get what they want, and Rian Johnson doesn't understand that. I have no, I don't even know what that means. Don't ask me to explain it or defend it. Um, <laughs> I ask you now to yeah, explain I, I, and defend How do Star Wars fans always, what do you mean? So so please, I, I don't know, I was enhanced. I was talking about lightsabers, uh, so I got pumped and yeah. I'm, I don't know how to edit, and I'm not going to make two recordings, so I uh, I wrote stuff down this time so I can stay on topic. It's a bit long, and I'll try and be quick and not get sidetracked too much. Okay, since I opened the can of worms of saying that crap, uh, I just want to explain a little bit. I know Hawes has heard enough people bitching, and you know, really no one can be a proper judge until all three movies come out, but still... I'll try and be brief. Uh, on my very first email to you guys, I said I'm not your typical ha- hater. So uh, let me demonstrate, you know, my blind love uh, by squashing people's hate. Here's an example, okay? Uh, hey, man, BB-8 has like 20 appendages come out and fix Poe's ship, and uh, he hogtied five guards. What is he, some kind of super bot? Yes. 
one of a kind. Fuck off. Now, uh, that, you know, now something that vexed me for a minute, I haven't heard anybody complain or explain it, was the dice at the last, at the end of The Last Jedi. Luke died, and then a bit later when Kylo is holding them, they finally disappear. Uh, okay, well, to explain that, uh, to manifest objects, that's different than projecting stuff, and it took longer for the mojo to run out. So, there you go, and, uh... Okay, why did Leia drop them on the floor? Because that was like, why, why, why are they there? She made that face. Well, my explanation would be she made that face when Luke held her hand and put the dice in. And she was like, ooh, this is new. I'm your twin and I'm strong in the force. I know exactly what's going on. I'm going to drop these fake dice later. That was a cool reminder of the times we had on the Falcon. You know, I can. I have been able to reason my way through every complaint I've ever heard about Star Wars. My main issue is with Luke. I cannot swallow that my hero thought murdering his nephew was an option, even for a moment. In the OG saga, he wasn't the best with a lightsaber or the strongest with a force. He was the one person in the galaxy that saw someone could be saved, even though he had fallen so far, far into the dark and for so long. So it's like, I, I just don't buy it. I, I hate that I have to... I can co... I can deal with whatever problems with Star Wars, but that one, I, I don't want to. I don't want to make up all the reasons that it's okay or that it makes sense that it happened. And, uh, you know, it's it's selfish of me or something. I don't know. But it's in the movie, so now I have to deal with it. And I tell myself to, to smooth it over, uh, to ease the pain, that uh, I tell myself that he wasn't on the island running away from Snoke, Kylo, Leia, and the Rebels for 40 years even though it feels like it. it was only like five or something and there would be good times up to the academy being wiped out uh could you guys nail down when certain stuff happened for me i'd like to know when luke left to do his own things after return of the jedi and when he started his academy when they when luke and leia had been when he started to train with luke when he found out about his grandfather when he turned and when sol the solos split up like did he just take everybody on the academy wipe them out then or did he like leave get his mask get all his stuff and then come back after he'd gotten some dark training um so a side note wouldn't it be cool if in the force awakens han and leia were together and han, still together and han arrives with a huge heist from the empire like he shows up with a fleet of tie fighters or freaking at 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 ats or something you know just so, shows up with something cool and he's like hey look at you know and then Leia walks up to him, slaps him in the face, says it's, says it's been over like two years and explains to him that Ben went dark and, you know, it just sort of be like Carrie, you know, Carrie Fisher is a firecracker and would have killed that scene. I mean, she slapped Poe 50 times. She could have slapped Harrison Ford, you know, there, that old, you know, her calling her a new, her calling Han a new name or insult, you know, I'd say, I'd start saying, I, you know, I, I feel, but I just feel like if things were happier in the beginning, it would be even more tragic when he was killed by Kylo. Anyway, I understand that J.J. put Luke on that island, and Rian uh, said he needed to figure out a way. He had to figure out why Luke was on there that island and not make him look like a coward. Uh, that's a tall order. I'd like to hear you guys come up with a better reason that doesn't make him look so negative. Also, I still feel like Ray is related to Luke. One big reason is a Skywalker has always been the main character 
in every movie. Uh, not a supporting role like Kylo. I mean, the main event. Um, and I'm not mad at all when my theories are wrong. I love fantasizing about Star Wars. I get mad when somebody brings my hero down a peg, you know? And um, I know that he came back, but when Ray left with the books to help the rebels, Luke went to burn a tree. And Yoda was sitting back waiting for Luke to make the right choice and help the rebellion. But when all his chances were spent, Yoda appeared and guided him to do something, you know? And Luke's weakness was for his friends, and he left training earlier to help them in Cloud City. I, you know, it's just hard for me to swallow. Um, I even thought Snoke connecting Rey with Kylo through the Force was more impressive than what Luke did because uh, Kylo getting wet from the scenery around Rey, that was so dope. I thought it was so cool. And I love that Rey and Kylo are probably going to connect on their own now. Um, well, they already did uh, during the dice incident. You know, they saw each other. Uh, where um, were the real dice and the Falcon behind Ray, or were they back with Luke stuff? I'm curious about that. One other thing: when uh, Luke pole vaults the chasm and stabs the fish, what's step three? Uh, <laughs> I just don't know. How does he get that fish off the end of that pole? Does he like? I don't know. I know uh. it's not a possible uh, task, but I'm just curious. And, uh, but that crap's no fun. Uh, I hope you aren't mad at me. You know, I just wanted to, uh, express a little bit of, you know, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And, um, you know, that stuff's no fun. So I'm sorry for bringing down an excellent, upbeat, and positive podcast. And, uh, I love your love for, uh, your guys' love for Star Wars inspires me. And, uh, let me end with a versus question. Uh, Django Fat in his prime versus Boba Fat in his prime. Judging solely on the movies, oh. Django would have beat his ass like he was his dad. Cause, no way. Uh, you know, he really wasn't. But anyway, that was a long one. I I don't know if you can even play it. Uh, have a good day. Bye. Okay, so Jim, buddy, that was a long one. I appreciate all the sentiment. Um, Let's see if we can digest I will there. do my best to to hit each point, so... First thing I wanted to say is, I never even realized people had a problem with BB-8 having all those attachments and shit and fixing Poe's X-Wing. Because, have they never seen how much shit is in R2-D2? Like, Yeah, right. I, to those people, I would say, go look up the, the upcoming hot toy of R2-D2 and look at all the doodads that R2-D2's got hidden in his dome. Like, I mean, for that matter, R2-D2 used to have rocket boosters. Yeah, he sure did. That he doesn't have any more. <clears throat> um, so, I will say the one complaint, I won't say the one, but a complaint about The Last Jedi that I understand, like when I hear people say, this bummed me out, like long as they're not being dicks about it, obviously, is that moment with Luke. I get it, because... You want redemption. Right. You and know, you, you want redemption for your hero. When we came out of the theater from seeing The Last Jedi, like, I tweeted, I don't know what the fuck I just saw. And, like, it took me, I think you can hear on the podcast, like, me slowly wrapping my head around different elements. And it was that scene that threw me off the most. I was like, damn. And the thing I think you have to keep in mind, and I'll see if you, if you agree with this or not, Will is like Jim said it was only he, Luke 
makes it very clear that it was for the briefest moment that he thought about it. But you right. also have to remember that when he was reading Ben's mind, he, he saw... saw the darkness. He right. saw in he saw Ben completely corrupted and consumed already by the darkness, by the dark side. And that he would destroy and kill everything he loved. So just imagine that, like, <clears throat> like imagine you're a legendary war hero that effectively brought the end to an evil, like, oppressive empire. And then years and years down the road, you're training, you're training your nephew. Right, and you have a vision that he's basically going to become, like, super evil and cause all this death and destruction like yeah, you peek in his head and you find out oh no, he really hates you and he's been corrupted by your one enemy and he's going to kill all of your younglings and then that like i would say most people would be like oh i gotta stop this even if it is like luke says for the briefest even moment. if it is your nephew right so that's how i've gotten around it like you know like it did but like i'm not i mean it's a moral dilemma do you kill your nephew to save the lives of 10 young adults right and um yeah it's it's crazy uh the thing is i feel like the way in which luke came back was like more symbolically powerful like, he didn't just come back and save his friends. He came back and reignited the rebellion to potentially save the entire galaxy. You know what did I'm a lot of things on a lot of different levels. And that's the thing is that it goes deeper than him just showing up real with a sword and whipping ass. Like, he delivered a final lesson to Kylo Ren. Like... You know, it was Kylo Ren was so blinded by his rage, mm-hmm. he turned the entire force of those gorilla stompers on him. You know, he went down there himself. All of that ego and pride and showmanship gave the rebellion, the newly sparked rebellion, time to get away and reform. Like, right. he failed because, you know, Luke taught him <laughs> one last lesson. Right. When he could have you know, finished off the rebellion, but instead, like, he saw Luke and, like you said, went into a blind rage, like, and gave, and effectively gave them the opportunity they needed to escape. Exactly what you said. So, and now the dice. Now the dice. The, the dice were, they're in the Millennium Falcon the whole time, I feel like, and I, I feel like Luke projected an image of them Right. That Leia dropped intentionally for Kylo to find when he came in there. Right. Now, I and understand. And that, that it took a while for the mojo to disappear. Uh, that actually I probably agree with. Yeah, or maybe Leia was doing that. Like, maybe Leia was how. Like, I don't know an exact explanation for why the die stuck around longer than Luke. Because at that point, he's right. Luke had already become one with the Force, right? Yeah. So, like, who knows? Like, it could be that that power stuck al- around or Leia was at that point projecting him. I think Luke has the dice though, the real ones. Cause he goes into the Falcon and pulls them off. 
remember? And but he doesn't. Le- you don't know that he leaves the Falcon with him. When he sits right. down with him, he's still in the Falcon. Right. So it, I don't know for sure, but I, for some reason I, I just... don't think you would take Han's dice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because it... I'm pretty sure you see him in the last scene. I'm pretty sure Ray is looking at him. Or you see him in front of her. I don't know. It's been a while, so that I need to watch it again. You don't but... see the cockpit. Like, you see the cockpit when when Chewie and the Porg are flying around while Ray's in the gunner seat. But after that, I don't think you see a shot inside the cockpit again. Right? So I don't know that they are there. Not. I need to go and look, because that would be an interesting little sort of hint. Like, you know, there's all kinds of hints in that, those final moments that Luke isn't actually there. Like, he doesn't leave... Uh, footprints in the salt on crate uh, right. and things like that. So if the dice are in the cockpit, that would be an, another interesting little hint that something's up. I don't know if they are or not. <clears throat> I will, I am planning on watching some star Wars tomorrow while I work. And uh, I'm going to make that uh, a mission to check that out. Um, who would win? You see, I'm biased, man. Like, I agree. Boba Fett would win all day long. That's my thought. But, you know, I'm biased. And, and I do agree that if you look at their performance in their respective movies, Jango Fett kicks a lot more ass than than Boba. We I never feel like su- Boba Fett survived longer than Jango. I do, too. I do, too. Like, I feel like... Which makes me think he's more cunning survivalist which is equals badass i don't know well okay yeah i don't i don't know how old jango fett's supposed to be but there's like 19 boba fett ain't stupid enough to be dead from fucking with a jedi no jedi to really fuck with i'm gonna tell luke comes along yeah and him he and luke do have a little Tussle he does and, fuck with Luke and end up in a Sarlacc pit. He does fuck with Luke and end up in the Sarlacc pit, and he also fucking. There's this goofy part of the comics where he and Luke meet in Obi Wan's hut on Tatooine, and Boba Fett blinds him and stuff. It's like shortly after A New Hope. It's very early on in the mar the, like the newer Marvel comics run. So, uh, I remember being like, "Oh fuck, it's Boba." Fett. Well. To be fair, it goes from that to maybe one of the coolest Boba Fett things they've done. Um, when Boba Fett reports to Vader um, and is like, like Vader hires Boba Fett to find out who blew up the Death Star, right? And he comes back and he's like, I got a name. And Darth Vader's like, what's what's the rebel pilot's name? And he says, Skywalker. And like leaves the room and like you see like Vader clenching his fist and then it pulls out and shows like the whole viewport window that he was looking out of onto spaces all cracked and shit. Like Vader's losing his shit. Oh, wow. Very cool. <clears throat> all right. So uh, next up we have an email or a voicemail rather. I think this is a first time caller. Long time listener. First time caller. This is from Sonya. Let's hear what she has to say. Hey there, Haas and Will. It's Maria and Ahsoka. We're in the nursery oh. today, and we wanted to say how much we love the Christmas special. Um, it's always great, but this year was really good. 
Um, <laughs> you got something to say, honey? Um, I'm sure you already covered it in the news segment, but we're really excited about Sabine potentially joining the um, Mandalorian cast. Um, but I am wondering why not just go after Tia Sirkar? Do you think it's scheduling? Do you think it's something else? Um, you know, they made the jump with the guy from Clone Wars coming over, so why not do the same here? Like, they can always make her up or down or older or younger. So, those are my questions right now in my head. Um, we are just patiently awaiting Darth Vader's arrival for Christmas. <laughs> right? He's going to bring our presents. My husband does it every year. He um, puts on that whole suit and tries to fit through the door. It's hilarious. Huh. Um, but it, it never gets old. Um, thanks for the pod. You guys are doing a great job. And uh, may the force be with you. Thanks. I'm glad you enjoyed the holiday special. Okay. Indeed. So I don't know that this necessarily falls under the category of spoilers necessarily but our buddy jason over at makingstarwars.net um had a report that there was a sabine style mandalorian helmet involved in the production of the mandalorian okay interesting now uh it is completely within the realm of possibility and the Star Wars timeline that Sabine could show up in this show. I don't believe, though, that the helmet being present means that it has to be Sabine. Because in Rebels, you see um, other female Mandalorians wearing that same style of helmet. So, it could be another like uh mandalorian lady you know it doesn't necessarily have to be sabine and there was no information in the sort of like um story by jason uh, at least that he conveyed um of uh, you know a particular paint scheme or anything of that nature for the helmet you know if if it was sabine's paint job then that you know, that narrows it down pretty well, right? Right. So, um, I would say that, like, it may or may not be Sabine, right? Uh, yeah. I do think it would be pretty cool if... Sabine, I don't know if they would go that far as to do that, but it would be cool if they do. It would be cool. Uh, I would like to see it be Tia Sakar, the lady who voiced Sabine, playing Sabine. That would be fine yeah. with me. Um I almost wonder if I would prefer sort of like a Sabine cameo where she she's helmeted for it and they get Tia Sakar to do the voice. You know. That would be even better. That'd be cool. Um but yeah, I'm I'm just saying like I don't know that we can count on it being Sabine necessarily yet. Um It does make me wonder though because we don't know the exact timeline of when Sabine and Ahsoka head off to find Ezra. It's after Return of the Jedi, but that's all we know. 
And this is about three years after Return of the Jedi. And we know that this series, like, I believe in the first announcement for the series, they mentioned that it takes place in, like, sort of the outer rim or outer reaches of the galaxy. And Thrawn and Ezra were sent beyond that, if I'm not mistaken, into the unknown regions, right? So I think so, because like, I don't really know for sure. I think that is what it what it was. Uh, that's why they couldn't find them, because they were in, like, unknown territory, right? So right. who's to say, like, Sabine doesn't end up crossing paths with the characters on her way out to that area of the galaxy? I don't know how likely it is. Like, Star Wars has not, in recent years been afraid to incorporate elements from animation and things of that nature into the live action stuff. We got Saul Guerrera in Rogue One, who first appeared in um, Clone Wars. We right. got fucking fancy ass, dancing shoes, robot legs, Darth Maul from Clone Wars and Rebels and Solo. So, <clears throat> I'm just saying it's not without you know, it's it's possible, but I don't know that that necessarily means we're getting Sabine. All right, <clears throat> who's next up? So we have one. Well, we have two more voicemails, Jim. I'm going to save your second one for next week. We're going to bank that one because we're going to need emails and voicemails next week for sure. We thought this week was slow. Um, there has to be some sort of typo with this voicemail because it says this voicemail is from Bob Iger. Robert Iger. Fucking president of Disney? Yeah, that can't be. I don't know. The real Bobby. The Bobby I? We'll see. Pause, baby. It's Bobby I. KK just fired the swingers guy after she watched what they have in the can. That's Hollywood speak, baby. And it was not what she expected. I thought that the man's DeLorean was a Back to the Future series. Bring me my Frappuccino, but make it hotter this time. Okay, where was I? <laughs> oh yeah, the man's DeLorean. I'll be honest with you, Mr. Bernhard. I don't know shit about this motherfucker. I need you, baby. I'm begging you, Mr. Barkard. We just announced the cast. We need a total reshoot. I am Speaking of fucked, somebody better put Walt back in the freezer before he melts again. <laughs> Look, I need you to come up with the concept for the eight episodes. Trust me, though. Leave the silver car out of it. <laughs> Tell KK I'll be ready in a minute. She scares me. I'm begging you. Mr. Bernhard, you're my only hope. What should I do here? Well, love you, baby. Let's do lunch. Perhaps in and out burger. Oh, yeah. Can you please say hi to Hollywood Steel for me? That guy hasn't been returning my calls. I heard a rumor from some guy that has been hiding in a trash bin on the set of the man's DeLorean. He claims that Harrison moved in with Steel. I don't know. I guess the poor guy needs a roommate after Kylo got rid of him in The Force Awakens. This Frappuccino is melted. Okay, I gotta run. Call me, baby. 
I don't know, man. That could be Rob, that could be Bob Iger. That could be the real deal. I, I'm convinced. No, guys, I think we just heard it here first. Run to YouTube with this, with your shitty clickbait titles and thumbnails of <laughs> Jeff Bridges as Luke Skywalker. Apparently, Kathleen Kennedy fired the quote-unquote swingers guy, John Favreau, because Bob Iger thought the show was the man's DeLorean, as in a DeLorean car from Back to the Future. The man's DeLorean. Also, Bob Iger could not get my name right. Did you hear that? Mr. Buttercard? Apparently in Hollywood, they do that on purpose. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, in Half-Baked when he kills the horse at the beginning and they're like, you bastard, he was a police horse. His name was Buttercup. And the guy's going, Butterstuff. It's Buttercup. Butternuts. You can't get the name right. (laughs) It's Butternuts. Oh, Buttercup. I pulled out a a Half-Baked reference. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. What night was it? A couple of Mr. nights Abba ago. Zabba, you my only friend. Oh, I know what it was. Our cat, Mushu, was going after a bag of popcorn or something. And I, and I go, oh, do you like popcorn, buddy? Does it make your teeth go pop, 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 pop? <laughs> same character, same scene. I've apparently had that, <laughs> that on my brain. you got on your brain. Apparently. Harlan Williams. What's up, buddy? Come on, Blue Harvest. Harlan Williams does a show on Disney Channel about the Puppy Dog Pals, and he's the voice of one of the characters in there. He's like the executive producer on it. You want to know a hidden gem of a movie that... Rocket Man? Yes. Wasn't me. It wasn't me. Rocket Man. Oh, my God. Rocket Man by Disney. If if y'all get a chance to see... If you haven't seen it, you should see that movie. It made me laugh so damn hard. Harlan Williams was fucking hilarious in that movie. It's so dumb. Like, but in like a oh, this is this is dumb funny. Oh, Rocket Man. Yes, check Dude, it out. It was uh, for a while it was on HBO Go. And I watched I've watched Rocket Man within the last year because it was streaming on HBO Go. That's cool. I wonder if that's going to be on I, I wonder if that's like an original Disney production or if that's just a show. That's where I saw it. When I was a teenager. It was a like, Disney movie that came out in theaters and stuff. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, know it came out on theater. I, I saw yeah. it on TV. Either the early aughts or the late 90s. All right. So I've got an email from our buddy Dave. <clears throat> Salutations, you slimy pieces of warm... Wet... Salutations, you slimy pieces of warm... Ridden filth. Salutations, you slimy pieces of worm-ridden filth. My first experience with the convention circuit was Celebration Orlando. It opened up my eyes to different forms, the different forms that fandom takes. It let me live vicariously through people enjoying things that aren't for me. It was really cool to talk to fans excited about the book series or collecting or tabletop gaming while not really doing that stuff myself. It also pushed me towards looking into Star Wars as charity, which is something I'd not considered prior. I'm doing some good for the holidays, having already sent a bunch of Ray figures to the Castle Toy Run, thank you buddy, and having just finished with my first 501st troop last weekend, where I'm a newly welcomed Imperial officer. 
Awesome. The makeup of the group wasn't what I was expecting, which was a bunch of comic book guy style nerds debating the finer points of the films. Instead, most seemed more interested in costuming as an art. It was almost as if the Star Wars part took a backseat to the love of crafting the costumes or the performances of the characters themselves, which was a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Anyways, since you guys have your finger on the pulse, are there some expressions of fandoms that you cannot participate in but have grown a fondness or understanding for due to sheer exposure? Is there anything that you're not into but have an itch to try? Thanks. Keep at it. Dave in South Florida. Oh, that's a really good question. <clears throat> you got an answer for that off the top of your noggin, Will? I do. I, I mean, pretty much what he said, though. The cosplay is a thing that I don't participate in, but looks really neat and fascinates me. I have, though, this Halloween, um, afterward, there were two prop blasters, uh, plastic blasters, you know, at the on the costume aisle at the like, you know, eighty percent off post Halloween sale. So I got two of those, and I'm gonna I'm gonna weight them and paint them and like distress them and try to make them look like, you know, movie proximally blasters, stormtrooper blasters, and that'll be my probably first and only foray into cosplay and and prop construction, but. I mean, that's like like you said, that's an a- aspect that I haven't ever really gotten into, and and but I like it fascinates me, and the armor construction. I don't know that I got the patience for that, but it's fascinating. Yeah, see, that's how I feel about the the lightsaber construction. Like, Again, fascinating, but I don't know that I have the time for it. So, like you know, those those armor kits and stuff, they're not cheap, right? And so, hell as, no. As much as I would love to buy like the Boba Fett armor pieces. And like paint them all up and have like, even if I just put it on a mannequin, have like a life-size Boba Fett, right? Uh, I'm afraid I would spend the money and get all those pieces and fuck up the paint job in in like a manner that would be un, unrepairable, you know? I don't so know that. There's like a, a learning curve or a, a skill set that I just don't know that I have an adequate amount of to jump in. That's what has always kept me from being able to jump in or, or, you know, taking the leap as far as something like that goes. Um, I think star Wars tabletop gaming is very cool. I have some of the, the games and stuff, but it is a matter of time and money. And like, I can't fully invest in it because like, I love that little, it's, it's just called X wing. It's like a little miniatures game where you buy the ships and you have like space combat and stuff. And, different pilots and i have a bunch of the miniatures and like but they put so much of it out you know what i mean like they're constantly putting new ships out and stuff and so hard to keep up with like i had to be like oh no man if i i gotta like i can't get i'm not steve sansweet not gus lopez i can't get everything star wars you know yeah but yeah I, i think you're dead like i love talking to our buddy sal about costuming and Oh, what, right. What he's got in the works or, or what his buddies and, and stuff are working on. But every time I'm just like, I don't know that I got the skill set for that. Like Sal sews and, and shit for him, you know, him and his family. Like that dude has yeah. got a, a knack for it. And I just don't know, like quite talented he is. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've got the the same thing. So I would love to. But it's just one of those things like, am I going to go? 
buy all this shit, fuck it up, and be like, well, this is going to sit in a box in the closet, and I'll never look at it again. It's like those fucking Metal Earth models. You ever seen those? They're like these these model kits that come like laser die cut on little like thin metal sheets, and you pop them out, and you fold them and stuff, and they turn into an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter, right? Yeah, I've seen them in like Barnes & Noble and stuff. Yeah, I got a couple of those one time. I got the X-Wing, and I got home, and I was like, this is going to look so sweet. 15 minutes in, my big banana hands broke a piece off and ruined it, and I was like, oh, great. These are not for me. Oh, no, dude. I'm so sorry. Fucked it all up. All right, next up, we got an email from my buddy, Michael Harris. Hey, Halls and Will. Hope you're both doing awesome. We are just listening, was just listening to the latest episode and loved King Tom's question on what you would bring over from Legend. Legends. I'm also a huge fan of the old Tales of the Jedi and the whole Old Republic era, so I echo your sentiments, Halls. It seems like it would be a good fit for Benioff and Weiss as they are used to a more fantastical slash medieval format with Game of Thrones. Or even with Ryan. He introduced the Prime Jedi in The Last Jedi, and I could definitely see him expanding on that in his own trilogy. I think after the saga somewhat wraps up with Episode Nine, that Disney and Lucasfilm would be better off exploring areas of the universe that are further removed from what we've seen so far. Whether that's jumping backwards and exploring the origins of the Force and Jedi and Sith, or leaping beyond the sequel trilogy, maybe hundreds of years, and exploring new heroes and new threats. What do you think? Anyways, thanks for all the great content, and have a Merry Christmas. Uh, Mike H. Thank you, buddy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's hard to not imagine Benny off and Weiss taking that route with what they're so well known for game of thrones right like yes that does sound like a good fit who knows if that's the way they go i just have to imagine eventually whether it's benioff and weiss whether it's ryan's trilogy whether it's a disney plus streaming service whether it's a cartoon that that sort of ancient star wars history era will be explored at some point you know i mean you would think that it has to be yeah it's ripe it's yeah. ripe for exploration is what it is. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like, I know it is not going to be anywhere near a direct adaptation. It's not even going to be a light adaptation of Tales of the Jedi or Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. To me, the story gets a little silly with the Old Republic MMO. Like, it's fun, yeah. but it's it's clear. It like, starts off with the right heart at first, and then it kind of <laughs> snowballs into this. You know, the whole Revan thing gets out of control. Well, yeah, and not just that. There's so much other stuff that's going on. Like, the Korriban and, oh. It, to me, it sounds like, like when you're playing the Old Republic MMO, you can clearly tell at the point where they were like, okay, this is no longer considered canon. We can do whatever the fuck we want with this story. And it gets real silly. I'm not caught up, but I sort of read and, and keep caught up on what's going and like watch their trailers and shit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got to imagine that both those options super far into the star Wars future and super far into the star Wars past have to be <clears throat> something they explore at some point. All right. 
But yeah, it, you know, like I was saying, I don't think I'll see them take the the Tales of the Jedi source material and directly turn that into a movie. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't either. You know, not that I would, you know, I, I, what they'll do is kind of what they've been doing. Like, that some of that stuff will influence new stuff, but it's not going to be like, I'm getting Ulick Keldroma and XR Kuhn and all that stuff, which is totally fine. I'm open to it. It's not, it's not like they're going to come to my house and take those Tales of the Jedi omnibuses from them, from me and throw them on a fucking fire. I'll still have those. Is this not what you want? Are you not entertained? <laughs> Next up, we got an email from another Michael. This is Michael M. Good morning, Halls and Will. I'm Mike from Brooklyn, or as some might know me on Twitter, at Michael Lee M. Been listening to the show for about a year and a half and finally decided it was about time to send in an email and try it out. I was just making myself some chicken with my brand new sous vide and looking at Twitter while I waited. When I came across the godforsaken Waffle House Raylo tweet, I'll skip my diatribe against them bring being together but boils down to him basically acting like an abusive par partner also all the whole serial killer dictator thing what i actually found interesting and yes i may have been slightly enhanced at the time was that someone mentioned that a new order would be a cool name for episode nine and i totally agree what do y'all think would it be a cool name for each of you obviously depending on how you each see the story heading in the last chapter of this trilogy also will do you have any dish ideas or recipes using a sous vide? Let me know, and I'll try it out. Much love, brothers. Michael Lee Morris. Thanks for writing in, buddy. You want to know what one of my worst Star Wars talents may be, Will? What is that? Predicting a name for new Star Wars movies. Really? Like, I've never... I don't even try, to be honest. I leave that up to them. Well... You know what's crazy? In the instance of both The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, there were people that guessed those. Like, when the titles were announced, people went back and found threads on message boards and shit of people being like, I think Episode 7 should be called The Force Awakens. Or I think Episode 8 should be called The Last Jedi. Wow. Well done. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, good on you. It always makes me... And like... Sometimes I'll think about it, and like, I've never been close. Like, cut me some slack here. How would I have ever guessed Attack of the Clones? I would have never thought that. In fact, I think my running uh, bet was that Episode 2 was going to be called The Clone Wars. You know? No, it wasn't. That's what I thought. Really? Yeah, I was like, it's going to be the, we're going to see the fucking Clone Wars. They talk about I mean, it. now to think about it, why wouldn't you think it would be called anything else? Right, right. And then you I got would just think it would be the Clone Wars. You want to you want to hear something funny? Yeah, sure. Um in between episode 1 and 2. So I would have been you know, this is 99. I was like 16, 17. I wrote my own script for episode two. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Do you still have it? No. I, as far as I know, I don't. Like, The only reason I have some of that old writing stuff I did was because I saved it on an old email account. And I don't believe that's one of them. I'll look again. 
I got to remember the password and shit again. Um, Because we still have to do. We do. The plans are coming together for that. Finally. I have some (laughs) ideas. But. I'm just saying we got a milestone of an episode coming up. There there should be some fancy stuff involved. Um, I mean, if it was episode nine, A New Order, that's not the worst. For You know, that's not like... I don't hear that name and go, ugh, I don't know about that. Um, I'd be all right with that. It, it just makes me... Like, the only thing is, is... Um, for one, it makes me think of the band... What about Star Wars A Last Hope? A Last Hope? It's not bad. And I'll tell you. It's a little too on the nose. It's a little on the nose. And the reason I don't like it is because it seems way too final. And you know, I know that they're hyping this up as the last movie in the Skywalker saga. I know that. But I feel down in my soul we're going to get an episode 10 at some point. You know? And if that's the case. Like, would it seem weird to have a last, uh, the last hope, a last hope next to whatever episode 10 is called? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like how they named uh, Friday the 13th Part 4 the final chapter, and then there was seven more movies after that. Well, I mean, there has to be some thought into what it's going to... I mean, when you were naming The Force Awakens The Last Jedi... You had to give some thought to what the third one would be, right? I don't know that they think it out that far ahead. You know, like I think they probably get well into writing the movie and figure out the theme and the structure and what happens in the movie before they're like, okay, and this is the title. You know? What if it's the fall of the order? Fall of the order? Kind of gives, well... You know what? I was about to say, it kind of gives away what happens. But do we really think the First Order isn't going to lose? Does Return of the Jedi not give away? Yeah, does Return of the Jedi not end with the crumbling of the Empire? Or uh, Revenge of the Sith once again? Like, you know. So So we have Return. And I know this isn't exactly uh, a way to go about it because, you know, The Last Jedi doesn't really line up with Attack of the Clones or The Empire Strikes Back in like title structure, if that makes sense. Um, so I know it, but like, think you got Revenge, Return, and then something as the third movie in a trilogy. Revenge, Return. Or The Rebellion, something about The Rebellion. Ooh. Ooh. Rise of the Rebellion. Okay. Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of the Rebellion. Okay. Maybe it's not the end of the First Order, but the rise of the Rebellion. Could be. It also makes me wonder if it's... Because Episode Seven and Eight have very sort of like mysticism force related titles. You know, like A New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, like The Empire Strikes Back. That's very like militaristic. Same thing with Attack of the Clones, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Return of the Jedi. Well, that's very Jedi-centric, Force-centric. And then you get A New Hope, or um, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. So I wonder if they're going to stay within the theme of the two movies before. Will it be something Force-related? Uh, will it be Balance of the Force or something like that? 
I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't think A New Order is, like I said, I don't think it's a bad name. I just, it's going to remind me of that fucking, how does it feel band. A New Order is what the 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 pulse is saying it is. It's not even that they're saying it is. I think it's just one of those things that are, people are kicking around. Is like, wouldn't this be a neat title? Or something like that, you know? Yeah. All right. We got an email from our buddy DeMarcus. Hey, Halls and Will. It's your buddy DeMarcus. I'm emailing instead of voicemail this week because my phone's mic has been showing its ass for the last couple of weeks. See what I did there? <clears throat> so once again, I'm in a pretty good mood today, guys. It's a Thursday, and immediately after work, I'm going to watch the Dallas Symphony Orchestra perform Star Wars A New Hope movie and concert. That sounds awesome. <clears throat> so I'm really giddy. If you guys ever experienced something like this, I never have, so I'm ready to be ready to be blown away. Speaking of Star Wars music, Ludwig Göransson will soon will be scoring the Mandalorian. What? I don't know Matt that much, but I know he's worked with Donald Glover on some of the project of his projects before, and I love Donald Glover's music. So him doing Star Wars is just fantastic. Quick thought on the cast of the Mandalorian: Disney ain't fucking around. They are taking this series very seriously, and that excites the hell out of me. Sorry for the wall of text, guys, but last question. What are you guys most looking forward to in 2019? Galaxy's Edge, Jedi F Fallen Order, Thrawn Treason, The Age of Republic comics, The Mandalorian Episode 9, among other things I'm probably forgetting to mention. 2019 will be a great year, and I cannot wait. P.S. Per King Tom's recommendation, I started reading Darth Plagueis, and damn, it's enthralling. Check that out, King Tom. Someone took your book recommendation. Ooh, what? So I have not ever seen like a live orchestra do Star Wars music. Have you, Will? I have not either. Would love to, but I just haven't had the opportunity. Yeah, so would I. I'd love to hear them do video game music as well. Like yeah. the scores from Zelda and stuff like that. Yeah, they do like um, a Final Fantasy symphony thing every now and then. Oh, man, I would love to see that. Man, that would be cool. Um, what are you most looking forward to in 2019, my friend? Oh, probably Avengers Endgame. More so than anything Star Wars. Well, I mean, no, that's fine actually, that's true. probably the streaming service content. Really? No, I, really, dude. Like, I'm not going to hate on you. It just surprised me. You're looking more forward to, and I just want to make sure you know all your options. I'm not trying to sway your decision. You're more looking forward to in-game than Episode Nine, or Jedi Fallen Order, or any of those. I forgot things. that Episode Nine came out in 2019. I kind of just assumed it was 2020, but I guess it is 2019, isn't it? Literally, it's a year from today. Then I can't. That's a number one. Can't wait for that. I think I kind of it slipped my mind that that was coming in 2019. It's at the end of next. Honestly, that is my a number one too is episode yeah nine. right i'm really episode excited nine. about avengers endgame too like i i'm very excited about that but like it's just not in me to get the same level of height as something star wars related like i love yeah. comics i love avengers i love marvel blah, I, mean, blah, blah. I guess i'm easily amused shows my lack of intelligence no i don't feel really hypeable 
No, I don't feel that way at all, buddy. That's not like what a I'm dog saying. with a squeaky toy. No, that's not what I'm squeaky, saying. Squeaky. William, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Wesley, oh. that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I'm very excited for that. The weekend that shit comes out, I will be very stoked and excited to go see it. But, like, Star Wars is my one true love. You know what I'm I mean, saying? agreed. And obviously, I'm not more excited for that than Episode Nine. If you ask me, thing I'm most excited for that's not Star Wars related next year, Avengers Endgame, for sure. Um, but I think because I thought you were going to say Mary Poppins, but that comes out this year. Uh, I was ne- Mary Poppins ain't my bag, man. Peace and love. Peace How did and love. I know? How it's did just I not know? my thing, Mary man. Poppins your bag. Like I'm not gonna hate on Mary Poppins, but it's just not like you can't. She's practically perfect in every way. Okay, see, there you go. And I know people are <laughs> real excited about that original table. Oh. So um, man, you threw me a loop for a loop. I, I threw you on the Mary Poppins ride, is what I did. It go. was supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah. Not my thing, man. Not going to hate on all those Harry Potter... Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Mary Potter Poppins, fans. Mary Poppins fans out there. Mary it's Popper just, fans. Mary Popper. <laughs> um, it's, it's not... You think Mary Popper would be a mix between... Uh, <laughs> Harry but Potter. But it is not. Harry Potter and it Mary Poppins. Not. It's not... It's John Popper from Blues Traveler dressed up as Mary Poppins playing the harmonica. No, I his don't little... think and I don't <laughs> mind. When we do a comfort sign. <laughs> and he pulls the whole band out of a carpet bag. There you go. I say, yeah. Why you want to give me a run around? Play the fuck out of that harmonica. Um, my approach to next year as far as Star Wars excitement is like I feel like because so much cool shit is happening I'm going to have to take it like one day at a time because of what happened with Solo I'm scared honestly I got a little anxiety I I feel you on that dude like I'm a little anxious too I think episode I know it's all going to be great and I have no reason to be anxious Mm -hmm. but I still feel it I'm not worried from a quality standpoint. No, not at all. I'm worried from a, a performance standpoint. I don't want perception more so than performance. Yeah. is what I'm worried. About. I don't want. I don't, I don't want everybody to be overly critical when they should just be enjoying the entertainment they're provided. There's, there's definitely some of that. It's just, I feel like there's a lot of with episode nine especially. I feel like there's so many different. Oh my god, there's a lot riding on that. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of different factions of of people that want to see this or that in episode nine, and I hope cooler head. It's not going to happen, but I would hope cooler well, heads prevail and like yeah, take. You can't tie up all of that. No, you can't because like it's it's a lesson I'm glad in a practice I talk about it all the time that I enacted before Solo, where I was like I can't solely hinge my enjoyment on this movie over a possible cameo at best appearance of Boba Fett, you know? And I, I prepped myself for that. Boba Fett didn't show up. So that didn't color my enjoyment of the movie, you know? But I just feel like when I say I got it, there's so much cool stuff happening. So like 
right now, I'm probably excited for the thing that's the closest, which is Star Wars Celebration. Very excited for that. Then, right. But, you know, Star Wars Celebration this year, I, I feel, has the potential to be like a banner year for cool shit, right? 20th yeah. anniversary of uh, The Phantom Menace. Episode 9 trailer. Mandalorian information, if not some sort of trailer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, probably some information on the Cassian series. Um, uh, 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 extended look at the the Clone Wars season seven. Uh, maybe Jedi Fallen Order, the video game information, like books. Like, there's so much possible cool shit that we could see at this celebration that I have a feeling it's gonna be bananas. Apples uh, and bananas. Yes. Ooples and Banunus. Um, so that's the one I'm like currently laser focused on. I think we'll get a title announcement before then. That'll be exciting, but it's not like a set date. This is happening, you know? And then after celebration, I'll be looking forward to, um, you know, all that stuff he mentioned, but in order. And then it will be capped off by the thing I'm looking forward to the most, episode nine. Dun, da, da, da. <clears throat> All right, we got one more email for the night, and then, like I said, we'll have a bit of a spoiler discussion. It's from our buddy Steve. Hey, guys. A couple of weeks ago, Halls mentioned another Star Wars podcast he listened to. Even though we all know yours is the best damn-ass podcast, and there are several others on the best damn-ass podcast network, I'm wondering if you all might be willing to pass on what podcasts you listen to, both Star Wars and otherwise, that the rest of us might like to check out. Thanks, guys. Steve. Ooh. You got any podcast recommendations for this man while I pull up my podcast app? Um, I mean, I'll just I'll have to hit you with the ones I listen to most frequently, which is not as frequently as I'd like, but that's fine. Uh, I listen to the NPR Politics Podcast. Okay. I listen to um, uh, Unexplained. Uh, that was going to be one of my recommendations, but one that uh, Richard McLean Smith. That's one that I picked up on your recommendation. Very good. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one I like. Uh, some other ones that have been good short runs. These aren't recurring podcasts, but they're good quality listens to. Uh, any the serial. Serial mm -hmm. season one, two, and three; those are all great. Uh, Dirty John, Dirty John was really good. Doctor uh, Death, did you listen to Doctor Death? Doctor Death was really good. Fascinating. Yeah, right. Christopher Dunch, fascinating. Uh, Doctor Death was good. The Heaven's Gate uh, series was good. Um, oh, there's so much. That's that's all I can name off the top of my head. Okay, so. I'll give you guys. I listen to the completely unnecessary podcast, which is like a video game podcast. I listen to the Geek Dudes with our buddies Chris Fresh, uh, Dirty Uncle Mitch, and Jonesy, Noseguard Jonesy, uh, Grayscale with our good buddy Evan DeCellis. I listen to the H3 podcast with Ethan and Ela Klein, uh, Hardcore Gaming 101, that's with our buddy Robbo. Uh, I listen to, let me scroll a little more, the Rogue Rebels podcast. That's a podcast with our buddy Sal Perales and his wonderful, delightful-ass family. 
Uh, I listen to Smodcast, Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier, Star Wars Spelt Out, Steel Wars, Team Jack, Tell Him Steve Dave, The Bucket Heads, Sith List, Unexplained, uh, What the Fuck, or WTF with Mark Marin. I listen to that based on the guest. I don't listen to every episode. It just depends on who he has <coughs> on. Oh, damn. He had the surviving members of the Beastie Boys on Monday. Shit. I got to listen to that one. And I'll listen to You're Creepy. It's a little bit of a plug for my ladies podcast. You're Creepy. So there you go, buddy. Give some of those a whirl if you're interested in uh, those kind of things. I, oh, I was not even looking at my full list. Also listen to the Canto Bite Dispatch. I listened to Scavenger's Horde, as I've mentioned. I listened to Who Talks First. I listened to Podcast 2187. Like, there's so many good podcasts out there. Scrolling to make sure to see if I missed any other ones. It's a long list, guys. I subscribe to a lot of podcasts. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Well, guys, that wraps up our email segment. So now we're going to have a very brief discussion about The Mandalorian. A little bit of a spoiler territory. If you don't want to hear it, now's your chance to tune out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. On the flippy floppy. All right, buddy. So, Jason, the ward, ward, of makingstarwars.net, dropped right. a delicious piece of information about the Mandalorian this week. Really? Guess. I'm going to give you three guesses. Guess what returning Star Wars character, meaning we've seen them before, has been reportedly seen on set of The Mandalorian. Maz Kanata? No. Yoda? No. I mean, obviously Luke Skywalker, but... No. My special... Robot Boy, IG-88. Oh, really? Yes. For yes. the um, for the Mandalorian, you said? Mm-hmm. I heard that there was another b- bounty hunter, but I'm not sure which one. Okay. So, just to get the details out, Jason said, you know, we have to keep in mind, much like the Sabine helmet we talked about earlier, that there are other assassin droids of that make and model out there so it don't could, get ahead of yourself it could be one of those but on set that character is being referred to as ig88 so you know that kind of makes it kind of makes it true yeah it makes it pretty concrete right so he also said it's not just the empire strikes back my special metal boy is hanging out um, just standing still, moving his head around a little bit. He's apparently in action scenes, riding around on a speeder bike, fucking shit up. It sounds cool. IG-80. IG-88. Oh, my God. So, also, apparently, seen on set was some sort of Trandoshan character, like Bosk. Now, right, this, the lizard people. Right, the the Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, this 
character they couldn't confirm. You better be careful. We're going to get sued by Facebook. They're going to sue our boss for the wall. This motherfucker's been selling my data. Been right. He's been sending, selling my data. He's been, he been selling my data. Everybody in the, in the planet. He's been fucking... Sending, Russia and everybody. Letting Netflix read my Facebook messenger messages or whatever. Like, dude, I'm going to crack some jokes on you. You ain't going to sue me. Yeah, right. Saying you're a lizard person. You got to sue me for saying I'll get the whole person. weight of uh, Anonymous behind us. Like. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Anyways, um, there's a, a Trandishan character on, on set. And, like, he couldn't verify that it was Bosk, but he's wearing a very similar costume. You know, if IG-88 is present and there's a Trandishan bounty hunter, it's probably Bosk. Odds are. Odds are that shit is Bosk. I am so happy. Me too. We get old school bounty hunters. We get Empire bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it right now. Unless he is canonically dead and I just am not aware of it, fucking throw Cad Bane in there too, man. I would love to see a Dude, live action Cad, Cad Bane. Bane. It would be sick. But... Uh, I'm very excited, to say the least. Um, when Jason published the story, I was driving home from work, and I got a direct message on Twitter from King Tom, and he was like, did you see the latest Making Star Wars article? And when King Tom reaches out to me like that, I know it's something a juicy. Hot, hot, hot. A juicy. So as soon as I got home, I went and checked it out, and boy, was he right. That is right up my alley. He He knows. He knows where your alley is. Yep. <clears throat> but that's uh, that's pretty much it for the spoiler discussion. I just, I had to share that with you, and I had to revel in the fact that it looks like we're going to be getting some fucking IG-88 and finally seeing him in action. It's like right. at the end of Star Tours when we wrote it back in May, and you were like, did you see IG-88 at the end? And I didn't. You remember this? And I was like, oh, yeah. well, we're riding Star Tours another time today because. Yeah, yeah, you were looking for IG88. I ain't missing IG88. All right, man. Well, I think that does it for us. Uh, thanks for taking the time to record with me, buddy. Oh, dude, by any means necessary. Thank you for hooking it up with me and recording. Stepping out of the bakery for a couple hours to record with your buddy. Um, right. Guys. From me and Will and the entire Blue Harvest family, I want to wish you guys a safe and happy holidays over the next few days. Thanks so much once again for all the wonderful work you guys did donating to the Kessel Toy Run and purchasing the holiday special, which, of course, benefited the Kessel Toy Run. Uh, It really kicks ass. Uh, If you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have a chance. It really helps us out, and we appreciate it greatly. And other than that, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, Get in them emails and voicemails, because I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. I was surprised that we had a Mandalorian composer announcement this week. Something tells me next week is going to be a slow going. You think so? Yeah, we'll see. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest. 
I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>